Hello, welcome back to Stories Podcast. I'm your narrator, Kelsey Lee, and today we're reading The Magic Armor, a story about a brave young squire called Max Goodname and his adventures at a royal tournament in honor of a young princess. I hope you enjoy! In the kingdom of North End, during the great summer of the sweet southern winds, a beautiful princess was born. She was pink like the horizon at sunrise, and her downy hair was the beautiful blonde of warm honey. The king loved his little child so much, he decided to throw a great tournament in her honor. It was to feature archery, and knife throwing, and axe juggling, and sword fighting, and all manner of exciting events. But the biggest event of all was to be the jousting. Now jousting was terribly dangerous so it was only done by the bravest of all the knights. In a proper joust, each knight would get on his horse and take a long blunted pole called a lance and ride straight at the other. They would meet in the middle with a great crash and try to use their lances to knock the other knight off their horse. The knights wore their full suits of armor, but even still, each joust usually ended with a few broken bones. The jousting at this tournament was to be extra special because in honor of the young princess freshly born, the king decided that he would have a special jousting event just for the squires. Squires are young men, usually no more than 14 years old, and they act as assistants to the knights. They clean their swords and armor and fetch their lances. They tend to their horses, and usually it takes many years for a squire to prove himself worthy of being dubbed a knight. But the king said that in honor of his daughter's birth, the winning squire should be raised to knighthood then and there. Of course, this was an attractive proposition to all squires so they flocked to the tournament to prove themselves worthy of being knighted by the king, which was a very high honor indeed. The squires of rich knights already had their own horses and armor to joust with, so for them, entering was easy. The squires of poorer knights had to beg their masters to borrow a horse and armor just so they had a hope that it fit well enough to work. The squire of the poorest knight, well, believe it or not, he is the hero of this tale. His name was Max, and he was a squire for a grungy old knight who called himself Sir Parlo the Pink, on account of he painted his shield a garish shade of fuchsia. Others, however, called him Sir Parlo the Stink, on account of he really, really stank. Max wished he could squire for a better knight, but the truth was, he was lucky to be a squire at all. He was born an orphan in the nearby kingdom of Middale, and wandered north for lack of anything better to do. One day, on a small side road, he came across Sir Parlo sitting against a tree with an arrow in his belly. He had been robbed by an archer bandit and left for dead. Max helped the knight retrieve his horse and mount up, and held him in the saddle until they could reach the nearest healer. The knight had taken Max on as a squire to thank him, and Max was grateful because usually only noble-born boys were taken to squire, even by smelly knights like Parlo. So far, it had been a good deal for Max. Sure, Parlo was smelly and poor, but he knew plenty about sword and shield and lance, and he taught Max freely. By the time the king's daughter was born and the tournament announced, Max could hold his own against anyone his age. He was tall and lean, but his skinny arms were banded with long muscles from years of practice and hard work, and he rode a horse like he was born in the saddle. I will win my knighthood, Max declared one evening as he shoveled horse droppings out of their campsite. Sir Parlo was fretting over a rusty pot on the fire, They were camped in a small clearing in the woods just off of the main road. You'll win a body full of broken bones is what you'll win. The tournament will have the best knights in the kingdom, best squires too. It's no place for the likes of us, boy. This is why we never have any gold. You're always too afraid to go to the tourneys. All we ever do is escort wagons. Do you want to be poor forever? We ain't poor. 
Now eat your grass soup, he said, thrusting a crude wooden bowl at the young squire. We are poor. I've talked to other squires, and they get meat in their soup, not just grass and bark. Well, the other squires are awful chatty now, aren't they? As it happens, I just got us some gold this morning while you were snoring away. He pulled a small leather sack from his dirty jacket and jingled it for Max to hear. Where'd you get that? From that wagon we escorted. The owner tried to pay us a silver for our services. Can you believe that? One silver for the likes of Parlo the Pink. Didn't seem fair, so when he wasn't looking, I helped myself to some gold from the strong box. He'll never miss it, and it's only fair all the work we did. Hey, isn't that stealing? No. No, 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 no. Yes, said someone else. Parlo and Max both jumped with surprise as five constables emerged from the woods all around them. Constables kept the law in the area, and they were armed with short bows and heavy iron-wrapped clubs. With the constables was the wagon owner. That's the thief right there, the owner yelled, pointing at Parlo. Wait, no! It wasn't me, it was the boy, yelled Parlo as the constables lifted him bodily from his seat by the fire. His grass soup dropped and splattered them with all clumpy green juice. It wasn't me, it was the boy. Me? You're lying. Give it a rest, stink, said one of the constables. We heard the whole thing. It's the dungeon for you. Stink? Yelled Parlo. Stink? It's pink! He roared and threw one of the constables to the ground. He caught the other's club as it whistled towards him and wrenched it free of the constable's grip. Give it up, stink! Yelled the other three constables now hefting their own clubs and fanning out to surround the smelly night. It's pink! Carlo yelled again, and then he turned to yell at Max. Boy, my sword! Throw me my sword or we'll show these glorified gods the meaning of steel! Max grabbed Parlo's sword, but didn't throw it. You lied. You tried to say I stole the gold. Only because I didn't want to go to the dungeon! Yelled Parlo. Surely you can understand that! The constables were watching the exchange and the sword very carefully. Then I would have gone to the dungeon! Yelled Max. It was a risk I was willing to take. Max lowered the sword. He was very disappointed. The sour old knight had never been especially kind, but he had taught Max everything he knew. And now he was a thief. And worse than that, he had tried to blame Max, who had only ever saved his life and served him well. This sword? This is my sword. Stink. Pink! Pink! Parlo roared, but then one of the constables caught him a ringing blow across the back of the head, and he fell face first into the remains of the grass soup. They dragged him out, bound him hand and foot, and threw him across the rump of one of their horses. You have a place to go, son? asked one of the constables. Max said yes, thinking of the tournament and the promise of knighthood that awaited him there. We have to take back the gold, obviously. We also have to take his armor and everything else of value as penalty for his crimes. The sword is yours, and we'll leave you the horse as well so you aren't stranded. By law, the constable could have left Max with nothing, but he had a boy about Max's age at home and felt a little sorry for the young squire. Thank you, sir. No problem, kid. But if anyone else asks, we took the horse too. He added with a wink, and then he spurred on his horse, leading the other constables, the wagon owner, and old Parlo away. Max could still hear Parlo moaning as they pulled out of sight. Pink. Max turned and scooped himself the rest of the unspilled grass soup. He ate heartily, bark and all. He knew he would need the strength for the tournament. Max rode Parlo's old red warhorse onto the fairground and was nearly overcome by the sights and sounds of it all. Everywhere there were giant pavilion tents, some fine striped silk and others faded into canvas, but all huge and amazing to Max's young eyes. 
Squires and servants darted from one pavilion to the next, carrying messages and running other odd errands. Knights gleaming, and completely unlike old Parlow, rode around on magnificent steeds, lances held tall, and pennants snapping in the breeze. Merchants had set up crude stands and were hawking their wares, yelling to be heard over the general din. Max saw beautiful women cooing over fine dresses, and young men testing short decorative blades inlaid with gems of all colors. He passed a whole pig turning slowly on an iron spit and felt his stomach rumble. He hadn't had anything to eat but grass soup for days, and the savory smell of the roasting meat flooded his mouth with a hungry saliva. Excuse me, how much for this pork? He called to the cook turning the spit. Five cogs, yelled the cook, not looking up from his spit. In North End, a cog was the least valuable coin they had, but even still, Max only had ten to his name, and he couldn't afford to spend half his worth on a bit of roasted pig, not when he still had the jousting to prepare for. He pressed on, trying not to think of his rumbling stomach. He was trying to find the tournament pavilion, but he was soon lost in the general maze of tents and knights and merchants. Finally, he found a well-dressed squire cleaning a blade and got him to point out the way to the tourney tent. He could feel the well-dressed squire skeptically eyeing his dirty rough woolen pants and shirt and worn-down boots, and he blushed as he nudged his horse away. When he finally reached the tourney pavilion and tied out his red warhorse, he was tired and hungry and thoroughly embarrassed by his rough appearance. Before the tourney, I must wash up and clean my clothes, he thought to himself. He walked up to the scribe taking the names of those who wished to enter the tourney and tried to make his voice as deep as possible. <clears throat> I'm here to enter the squire's joust. The scribe looked him up and down. And where's your armor? You need to register in your armor. Armor? How could he have been so stupid? Of course he'd need armor to enter the joust. Unfortunately for him, the constables had taken Parlo's armor when they'd taken Parlo. I... I don't have any armor. Max finally managed to stammer out. Well, said the scribe, borrow some from your knight. I don't have a knight either. Max said miserably. Then what do you have? asked the scribe. A death wish? Get out of here, kid. No one jousts without armor. That's the royal decree. Max started to protest, but the other squires waiting their turn to enter grabbed and pushed him out of the tent. He landed in the mud next to his horse, looking and feeling worse than ever. How could he have forgotten about armor? What was he going to do now? He had a horse and a sword, but nothing else. He wouldn't even be able to get a job guarding wagons without armor. He could sell the horse, he supposed, but then once that money was spent, he'd be worse off than before. No armor, no knight, no luck. I must be the least lucky person in the whole stupid kingdom. Just as he said that, the door of the building across the street flew open. A wooden stick flew out and landed in the mud, and a second later it was followed by a boy about Max's age dressed in baggy blue robes. And stay out! yelled a burly man from inside the building. I've seen donkeys who are better wizards than you! At least they could make cowards disappear! There was a storm of laughter from inside the building, cut off when the door slammed shut. I'll turn you into a donkey, grumbled the boy, wiping the mud off his robes and eyeing the stick carefully. Lucky you didn't break my wand, or I'd show you a thing or two about wizards. I'd cook up such a fireball, your butt would be burning for a... He suddenly seemed to notice Max, sitting there in the mud. Oh, hello, the boy said, acting as if he didn't just get tossed out into the mud. I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusions. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Max looked at the boy, covered in mud, 
and giving such a grand introduction, and couldn't help himself, he burst out laughing. Wallace looked upset for a second, and then he looked at the two of them, covered in mud and ridiculous in the dirty street, and he started laughing too. He fell over next to Max, and the two of them laughed and laughed until the knights and ladies in the street started giving them strange looks. Well met, said Max finally, wiping the tears from his eyes. Well met, Wallace Q. Wallace. Well met. What's your name, friend? The ragged wizard asked. I'm Max. Max what? Just Max. I've never had a last name. I'm only a squire. Well, nice to meet you, Max. Are you here to enter the squire tournament? Max slumped his head back into the mud, the laughter draining from his body. I was going to enter, but I don't have any armor, and they took my knight off to the dungeon. Well, where's your knight's armor? On my knight, said Max, and they both laughed again. How about you? Is there some kind of event for wizards at the tourney? Nah. I was trying to use my amazing illusions to entertain people in that tavern over there. Max stood up and helped Wallace to his feet. It wasn't hard. The young wizard was tall, but he must have been skinny as a stick under those big blue robes because he weighed almost nothing. Together, the two led Max's horse down the muddy street. So, they didn't like your show, I guess. Well, they did at first. I was making all the knights change colors, and I had little dragons flying around. But then I used an illusion to make it look like the tavern owner was naked, and he didn't think it was very funny. That's when he tossed me out into the mud. They walked in silence for a minute, and then Max rose, gaping at the young wizard. Max! Max, what is it? Max grabbed Wallace by the shoulders and spun him around. Ow! What are you doing, man? Are you telling me you can change what people look like? Like, you can change what they're wearing? Yeah, sure, that's an easy one. I have the power of prestidigitation. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there a cure? No! Prestidigitation! God bless you. You're hopeless! Prestidigitation means that I can disguise things with my magic. Right. So you can give me armor. You can magic me up armor and a shield, and I can enter the squire's tourney. Max, I can make it look like you're wearing armor, but it's just an illusion. It won't stop a sword or a lance or anything like that. You may as well just draw a picture of armor and wear that. But, but, what if I wasn't hit? What if I won? Max, you're talking crazy. If you're hit, you'll be killed. Even with the blunt tourney lances and full armor, knights break bones and even die sometimes. Please. Wallace, if you do this and I lose, you can just leave. No one will know it was you, and it's my own skin I'm risking. And if I win, I'll be a knight with the favor of the king, and I'll get us both jobs in the castle. Maybe. Are you sure? Max, I can do it. But you seem like a decent guy, and I'd, I'd hate to see you killed. I'm sure. We'll show everyone that I have what it takes to be a knight, and that you're truly the best at prejudigitration in the kingdom? Wallace shook his head and gave a wide smile. All right, but you're crazy, Max. Max stuck out his hand. Partners? Partners, said Wallace, and clasped Max's hand in his own. Good. Now let's go show these snobs who the real heroes are. Wallace pulled Max into a small alley between two large pavilions and checked to make sure they were alone. All right, said Wallace. You have a sword, but you'll need a shield. Something to hold so that I can project the illusion onto. How about this? Max asked, hefting the wooden top off a keg of salt pork and running his arm through the rope straps. Yeah, perfect, said Wallace. Now hold still. This may tickle a little. Wallace drew his wand and started to chant, low under his breath. It wasn't a language Max recognized, 
but it made the hair in his arms stand on end. The wand began to glow, brighter and brighter, until it looked like Wallace held a staff of living fire, a staff he used to trace strange symbols in the air. Max felt his skin begin to tingle. The rough wool of his clothing undulated strangely, and then with a final bellowed syllable, Wapow! Wallace brought the fiery wand down on Max's head, and everything flashed bright, went black, and then came slowly into focus. Did... did it work? Look for yourself. Max looked down and could barely believe his eyes. Instead of the wool shirt and pants, he was clad head to toe in new gleaming silver armor. When he touched himself, he felt the wool, but for all of the world, it looked like a solid metal plate. You're amazing! Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusions, pleased to make your acquaintance. Max grabbed the wizard and spun him in a circle, hooting with delight. We're going to win this tournament, friend. Not if you don't go enter before the spell wears off. It only lasts while I'm focusing, and I can only focus for so long. On it, yelled Max, and he ran back to the tourney tent, Wallace falling just behind. When he reached the tent, he pushed his way and walked right to the scribe, hoping he wasn't recognized from earlier. I'm here to enter the squire's joust. The scribe looked up briefly and then turned back to his paper. Tourney lances will be supplied. You have a horse to go with that armor? Yes, sir. All right. Name? Max. Max what? He needed a name. How could he have been so dumb? All knights and nobles had last names, but as an orphan, all he had ever gone by is Max. The scribe was looking at him impatiently, eyebrows raised as if to say, you don't even know your own name? Max thought hard. He needed a name, but not just any name. He needed a brave name, a strong name, a courageous name, a good name. A good name, yelled Max in a panic. Your name is Max Goodname? Asked the scribe with disbelief in his voice. Yep, that's me, said Max, feeling like a fool. Max Goodname at your service. The scribe shook his head and wrote down Max's name on his list. All right, then, you're entered. Go to the lists and wait for the herald to call you to horse. Max walked out and grabbed Wallace in a rough hug. We did it! We're in the tourney! Yes! Now all you have to do is not die! Now all I have to do is win! The end. For now. Thanks for listening. Check back next week for the second half of this story, and please subscribe on iTunes, either on your computer or through the podcast app on your phone. When you subscribe, you help us make more free, family-friendly content and you get the latest episodes and exclusive extras delivered right to your computer or phone. If you're having trouble, you can go to storiespodcast.com slash subscribe, and we will walk you through it. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week for The Magic Armor Part 2.